I am here to, to blow the trumpet very loudly and say that the future of medicine is you. Dr. V is banking on you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to one of my favorite podcasts, and I hope it's yours. Welcome back to Office Visits with Dr. V. I am your host, Dr. Benita Renata, and I am so happy, um, gosh, to be approaching three years of a podcast. Um, I am a board-certified OBGYN and a board-certified lifestyle medicine physician. I retired from full-time OBGYN private practice about, um, gosh, it'll be two years in August, next month. Um, and my whole purpose was to educate um, and to fill a void that I saw um, in medicine and healthcare. And that void is that um, we're in an age where there's education everywhere. Like you can just type in the internet. Now, Dr. Google, I'm not saying that we should be relying on Dr. Google. But there's a lot of information at your fingertips, at our patients' fingertips. And patients don't really need me or other people to tell them exactly what to do. There's been enough information. I mean, if they're watching, you know, the Today Show, Good Morning America, there's like information everywhere. So people have a general idea. Okay, I need to exercise. I need to eat right. Now, yeah, there are some diets that, you know, paleo, not paleo, plant-based, all of that stuff. They need expertise. Um, but I started to feel towards um, closer to my retirement that people know what to do. They just need to know how to do it. They know what to do. They just need to know how. And so that's where... Um, I got into lifestyle medicine and lifestyle medicine is really a, a new, newer branch of medicine that really is helping patients focus on their lifestyle. So we want to prevent disease. We want to manage disease and we want to reverse disease by lifestyle and it can be done. And we have studies to prove that. So I've been really excited about it. Um, the specialty is growing. I've met um, I've met other people who are doing this, and you know the word is spreading. Uh, and I was talking to my brother, who, if if you're listening, thank you for all of your support. Um, he strongly believes I'm on the right track. Um, and so he he's a black man. I'm black, if you didn't realize that. But um, traditionally in our demographic. Um, well, this is just the truth. Um, we are the sickest. Usually we have more high blood pressure, more diabetes. Um, there are lots of reasons for this. Um, and I'm not going to get into those. That's not this show. Um, but there really hasn't been a huge emphasis on, um, taking control of our healthcare because of the sickness and our community we have relied on 
healthcare. We've relied on pills. We've relied on going to the doctor. And so um, he was just, he was commenting because there was a friend of his, two, two, two black men who were starting to talk about health and wellness and looking at the water that they're drinking. And he's like, man, if you got brothers out here um, trying to get healthier and get off some of this stuff that they're being exposed to, He's like, you're in the right, you're going in the right track because this is what really people want. And so, um, as they say in church, I ain't going to hold you long. Uh, but I woke up the other day. Um, now I don't have to be rounding at the hospital at 7.30 and 6.30. So I can wake up at a decent hour. It's the summertime. Kids are out of school. So I woke up to, I think it was Good Morning America. No, maybe it was the Today Show. I woke up to the Today Show and they're like, you know, we're going to be talking about the future of medicine, the future of healthcare coming up. And I was like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and wake up so I can hear about this. I um, mean, it was really interesting because the reporter who was covering it was the son of the man who wrote the book. The man who wrote the book is actually a cardiologist. And so um, his book, I'm going to look at my notes. His book is titled Future Care, Sensors, Artificial Intelligence, and the Reinvention of Medicine. And this is by Dr. Jay Singh. Um, it was a really interesting piece. Uh, and I, I learned a lot. But I was just a little disheartened at the title. Because I really don't think the future is really, well, let me just say this. I think that the investment in the future should be in people. The investment should be in empowering patients to take better care of themselves, helping them figure out the how, creating resources, cleaning up, cleaning up the food that we're eating, making sure people have access to healthcare. That's where I was thinking, and maybe it was naive, that that was what they were going to be talking about, uh, but they weren't. And so I'm going to take this. Um, this is like the, the blurb about it on Amazon. This is the first sentence. This is a quote. Future care is virtual care. Sensor-aided, digitally enabled, and powered by predictive analytics. So he's a cardiologist and, you know, when you have a heart attack, that's who you're calling. You're getting stents placed by the cardiologist. And so um, I definitely feel like when this body, when things happen or you have a heart attack or, or things are going wrong, I see that definitely there are places where um, all of this technology and artificial intelligence can be used. However, we know that if we work on helping people lose weight, eat better, exercise, sleep right, that we will not have to spend so much on health care. 70 to 80% of chronic conditions are preventable. They're preventable with your lifestyle. 70 to 80%. And it's those chronic conditions that we spend a lot of money on, a lot of money. 
And so, okay, future care, yes. When things go wrong, we're moving towards artificial intelligence. But I really feel that the future of healthcare should be prevention, should be prevention of disease and um, reversal of the disease. So I'm going to title this message, you know, is the future of medicine banking on you or sensors and artificial intelligence? Like, who are we banking on? Are we going to help you take care of you or are we going to rely on our technology? And listen, y'all, I'm here to tell you, um, you're going to have to take care of you because the system, unfortunately, they're creating all of these technologies and medications, but they're more and more expensive. They're more and more expensive. So, you know, we're in a place where, you know, it's inflation right now. You ain't got no money. Can you afford the medicine? I mean, well, Govi and Ozempic, they're running off the shelves. Um, uh, you have to be overweight, which most of Americans are almost overweight and obese. I'm sorry. Let me clear that up. You have to be obese. Um, most Americans are either um, a higher percentage of Americans are overweight and obese combined. Um, but in order to get these medications, you have to be obese um, or you have to be diabetic. Um, and so insurances, some are paying for it, some aren't. Some people are paying out of pocket and it's being tied, touted as a weight loss drug. And so that's good for some people. Um but what about the people who could lose weight if they had time to walk at their lunch break at work? What if they didn't work so many hours so that they were stressed? Um, that they had to work two and three jobs to just keep the lights on and stay in a halfway decent place? What if what if we worked on those issues? Now, I'm just going to tell you, because um, I wrote some notes. Um, where is the help with cutting out what they put in our food? Pesticides. Ge genetically modified food. The hormones that they give the animals that we eat. Where are we trying to get that out? Because... Guys, I'm telling you, there are things that are in our food, and I you can look it up. There are things in our food that are illegal in other countries. There are things in our food that are illegal in other countries. Um, I do talks. I go out, and I was talking to a group of women at a church, and I got this slide. I was really excited about it, um, where um, it shows... McDonald's French fries in America and McDonald's French fries in another country. I think it was Europe. And so under the picture of the French fries is the ingredient list. The heart, the chemicals that were, let's see, um, not good or um, should be banned or should be uh, minimized in our food, those were in red. And so I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how many um, ingredients it was, but out of 
I don't know. There were, first of all, there were more ingredients in the McDonald's foods. So they have more stuff in it and it was more chemicals. And about, I want to say three or four of those were harmful chemicals. In the other country, it had less ingredients and it only had one of these chemicals that probably shouldn't be in our food. So, and, and there's, I mean, their whole websites, um, gosh, and I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, goodness. Anyway, there are organizations that are committed to um, bringing our attention to these chemicals in our food and how to avoid it. And um, there is the, uh, the Dirty Dozen. These are 12 fruits and vegetables. Um, that should be purchased organic because the, of the way they're grown in America. Too many pesticides. Um, then there's the Clean 15, like the things that you don't have to worry about buying organic for. So where is the investment in getting these things out of our food that are making us sick? Um, and I will just tell you, and you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm right. Um, that's why I have guests on my show to educate me, educate you. Um, but I really don't feel like there's a big push in this area. I really don't feel like there's a big push to clean up um, our food sources. Um, I really don't. And I don't hear the trumpet playing loud enough to say it's the food, it's the food, it's the way we live our lives um, that's making us sick. That's making us sick. I mean, oh my gosh, um, I'm in a group of women who um, we meet like once a month. We're both, we're all lifestyle medicine physicians. It's, I don't know, four or five. And um, one woman was saying how she did a fellowship in Spain. And with this fellowship, during the month of August, nobody works in the medical field. Like, what do people do? I don't know. The doctor's office is closed. You know, obviously the hospital doesn't close. But everybody goes on sabbatical for one month. One month. They don't work for a whole month. I mean, and now... There are a lot of things that have to be in place to allow that to be possible. But just imagine if you got one month off of work every year. All I'm saying, y'all, is that you're going to have to rely on you. Um, one thing that I didn't do when I was working full time and I got burned out is I should have taken a week off at least um, every 12 weeks. So every three months, I should have taken a full week off. We're, we're, we know that we are more productive. We are more productive when we pull away from work. No, no emails, no work, and just pull away. We come back refreshed and we are more productive that way. Um, so they're just ways that we live our lives and things in our food that are really contributing to disease and we can reverse it. So I'm saying that Dr. V should have taken off a week. It was totally in my control. I think I had 238 hours of leave that I did not take when I left my job. 
238. Now I was a shareholder, so I couldn't, I couldn't get paid for these hours. I couldn't, um, I couldn't give them to nobody. Like they were just wasted. And I just realized then, you know, I'm, I'm out the door. And that's when I figured out like, oh, I don't want to say dummy, but dummy, you should have been taking more time off. What were you doing? But that's what I, that's why I'm here. That's why I am creating this podcast. I'm creating a lifestyle medicine practice, a brand that um, hopefully will, will get people to change their lives that will say, you know, I need to every, every few weeks I'm taking one day off. I need to increase my PTO or whatever you got to do to get more time off. Um, if you are negotiating a salary or starting a new job, negotiate more vacation. Um, if you've maxed out and they're not giving you a raise, get more vacation. Um, the other thing that I didn't do was I started working later. Now I go into work at nine. It used to be, um, eight 30, um, but I'd have to run at the hospital before. So, um, now I can exercise in the morning. Go figure. I can exercise in the morning and I don't have to skip it um, because at the end of the day, it just not getting done. Um, so I just, I just want to come on and say, I think the future of medicine is you. I think that you're going to have to rely on you, that you're going to have to, you know, stay connected with me. Um, seek out preventive, preventative medicine, physicians, functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, holistic medicine. These are not to say that traditional medicine is not, um, does not support this. I mean, we're seeing health coaches now, um, although they're not getting reimbursed or not getting paid for by insurances in some cases. Another story. Um, but these particular specialties are more open to empowering you, educating you on how to take care of yourself, um, what things to eliminate. Get your butt in the bed at 9.30. Get seven hours of sleep minimum. You got to do that. Like, you've got to do that. Um, and like I said, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. You just need to know how. And so this is the plug for my practice um, that will be mobile. Um, I might add in some virtual, but I'm going to go into people's homes and I'm going to do hands-on teaching and teach them how. Teach them how. And we're going to look at their lives and look at their hopes and their dreams and their relationships and figure out, you know, where are the leaks where are the areas that are, are dealing our joy, taking our time and our energy um, so that we can't invest in our health? And I'm not saying, you know, that you need to spend all your time trying to get healthy. I'm just saying that you need to be able to carve out more time. Um, speaking of the future, future care with Dr. Singh and talking about sensors, I have on this aura ring. Love this aura ring. I also have an Apple Watch. I've got both. I've got an Apple Watch and Oura Ring. The Oura Ring I like because I can, it lasts for like five to seven days. I never take it off. I'm wearing it like it's my wedding band. 
Um, I don't take it off. The Apple Watch has to be charged every day. And so sometimes I'll charge it and I will, um, I'll forget to put it back on. But then ring, I'm loving this ring. And so um, I see the benefit of, of sensors and trackers and artificial intelligence and predicting things. Um, this is telling me about my sleep, how the quality of sleep I'm getting is telling me whether I'm in REM sleep and deep sleep. These are the restorative levels of sleep. Um, it shows me my heart rate. There's something called heart rate variability. And if your heart rate variability is low, that means you're stressed. And that, you know, it's saying, you know what, you need to take it easy today. I'm like, literally, y'all, I wake up and it's like, uh, you didn't get that much sleep. You worked out a lot yesterday. You need to take it easy today. I also have my period information. So it knows where I am in my menstrual cycle. And, you know, usually, you know, at least a week before you can get more tired um, before. And that's not the time to be, you know, going P90X, like going hard. And so we're learning all of these things. And these tools are helping us. I am not saying that these don't have a place. And honestly, um, for my patients, my clients, I'm going to require that they have some type of um, um, wellness tracker, something to tell them like how much sleep you're getting, um, how many steps you've walked, um, what is your heart rate, these things, because, you know, A, it just makes it easier. I guess you could log these things, but that takes time. Um, and technology has blessed us with the ability to get this, this most crucial information um, and incorporate it into a lifestyle plan. So, you know, I just want to say we've got medications like Wagovi and Ozempic. And I know people who are on them and they still are saying that you have to eat right and exercise. It will work better if you eat right and exercise. You'll lose more weight when you do these things. And so if that's what you have to do um, to come out of the morbidly obese or obese category, um, I'm okay with that. But did we do everything that we needed to do to help you curate, I love that word, to help you curate a life that could be your Wagovi or your Ozempic? Now, you know, I, I have a guest. She's going to be coming up in a, a few weeks. And that's what we're going to talk about. Can a plant-based diet be your Ozempic and your Bogovi? Um, And just briefly, she said, you know, she's like, I'm a little different from some lifestyle medicine docs. I do. She's had patients who a whole food plant-based diet doesn't help them lose weight. And so these, these medications are helpful. But again, you're still going to have to eat right. You're still going to have to exercise. So why not let's put some emphasis, some education, some investment behind helping us get healthier physically and mentally. I go to Pilates. I do um, Club Pilates. Love Club Pilates. It's a monthly membership. It's not cheap. But I have found an uh, exercise that I like and that I will do. And so that's an investment. That's an investment. Um, personal trainers, that's an investment. 
mental health therapists helping you manage your stress and coping skills and get over some of these things in your childhood. That is an investment. And so I am I am here to to blow the trumpet very loudly and say that the future of medicine is you. Dr. V is banking on you. Artificial intelligence, sensors, new medications, they are a supplement to a healthy lifestyle. Okay? So Dr. V is relying on you to be the future. And I'm going to show you how, and I'm going to help you do that. Um, so I hope that, um, I hope this has helped you kind of understand the climate. That now is the time to be more aggressive about your healthcare. It's not the time to be passive and just let people tell you what to do. It's time for you to take control of your health. And it always has been. It always has been. Um, but medicine is going in a direction, unfortunately, I believe, um, that is disconnecting us. So it is virtual. Virtual has its place. But it's disconnecting us. We're spending more money. Um, and we're just really missing the elephant in the room. We're just missing the elephant. It's the potato chips. It's the Netflix sitting on the couch. It's the loneliness. Ah, it's the loneliness. It is the trauma that has been experienced that keeps showing up in your life in waves you don't even know. It's the fact that you're going through the drive-thru every night. Every night. I know people who eat out every single day. They do not cook. It's that. Why can't we focus on that? Let's help people with that. Those things first. Let's put more emphasis, more money behind those things. If you're listening to me, I'm probably preaching to the choir. But, you know, if you know somebody that doesn't think like us, then share this episode. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Office Business with Dr. B. Um, let's rely on us. Let's take care of us. Um, and you know you best. So I hope to see you back for another episode next week of Office Fitness with Dr. B. Y'all take care. <laughs>